0: party people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am joined by Nathan D. Paletta for a game of One More Thing. One More Thing is designed to emulate primetime TV detectives like Peter Falk's Columbo. It involves a detective and a murderer spiraling each other and slowly unraveling a case until, in primetime TV fashion, the murderer is inevitably caught at the end of the episode. The prime mechanic of the game is not whether or not the murderer is caught, it is how the viewing audience perceives them. I super love this game. It was meta in all the right ways. I think you're going to love it. Nathan is, of course, the designer, among other things, of Annalise, Carrie, a game about war, and one of my favorite role-playing games, Worldwide Wrestling. He's also a publisher, currently kickstarting the game Trouble for Hire, a role-playing game of high-octane road adventure written by Kevin Allen Jr., Trouble for Hire sounds dope. There's really no other way for me to describe it. The way it works is there's one player character, Ruben Carlos Ruiz, a smuggler, courier, and wheelman through a magical realist action movie version of the American Southwest. Every other player is a game master putting Ruben through unwinnable situations and watching him excel with his wits, his cool car, and his big gun. It is currently on Kickstarter. You can find the link in the show notes. You should absolutely click it and check it out because it sounds... So cool. Whew. And on that note, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, me. This week I am sitting down with Nathan Paletta. Nathan, thank you for coming on Party of One. Hey, thank you so
1: much for inviting me. I uh, really appreciate it.
0: Oh, I, I'm I'm very happy to have you on the show. Um, So real quick, at the top of the show, why don't you talk about any projects you might want the listening audience at home to know about, anywhere they might know you from, that sort of thing.
1: Sure. Uh, so... I am a independent game designer and publisher. Um, my main game at the moment is Worldwide Wrestling, which is a pro wrestling RPG. Um, but I have a catalog of additional games in, in various genres. Um, I recently did a 10-year anniversary edition of one of the first games I ever designed and released, which is called Carry, a game about war. And that's about playing... Um, Uh, a squad of marines in vietnam kind of like a a full metal jacket or platoon Mm -hmm. style interrogating the the nature of of war and and whatnot um and by the time this comes out uh i will probably be in the uh trying to get eyes on on the project phase of a new project that's going to be coming to kickstarter pretty soon uh it is a game by Kevin Allen Jr., uh, who's a friend of mine and another indie publisher called Trouble for Hire, uh, that I am releasing. Uh, he's, he's done all the design work. I'm publishing it. It's a joint, a joint venture Mm. and it's kind of a, um, uh, cinematic road movie heist adventure game that, uh, is able to be played with a very, uh, by, by, by people who aren't super into RPGs necessarily, but are into action, adventure, weird, phantasmagoric, uh, magical, realist, desert, madness.
0: Literally every word, every word on one of the, every adjective you added to that was another adjective that was on my list of like, like my jam. So I'm very excited to hear about that.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's really great. And you know, um, you can find out more details about that again. Uh, the Kickstarter will be going live sometime in April, early April, hopefully, cool, cool, cool. Um, and until then, there's info on my website at ndpdesign.com, which is where all my stuff lives. Cool, cool, cool.
0: Uh, I'm also a big Worldwide Wrestling fan. I'm just going to throw that yeah. out there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've had some some tweets uh, in the past about some wrestling stuff. So I think we have. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so this week, we are playing, a, We are pl- I guess, play Testing, a game of yours. Um, so why don't you introduce us to the game we're playing this week? Yeah, so, uh,
1: I guess you're getting a good idea of the, the various spread of my interests. Um, this game is called One More Thing, and it is primarily inspired by Columbo, the, uh, seminal 70s TV, mm. uh, detective. Um, if I need to explain to you who Columbo is, then, um, that, that may just be a recommendation to go watch some Columbo. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Uh, you're probably listening to this because you already are interested, I would say. But this game, uh, it is a two-player game, obviously, um, where one of us will be the detective and the other will be the murderer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, through a series of semi, um, sem- it's not regimented in the sense of uh, we do scene A, scene B, scene C, but it, you know we have a limited selection as you'll sure. see. So through a, a series of semi-structured scenes, we will be creating and discovering clues the detective will be trying to put them together into cohesive story that makes the case while the murderer will be trying to cover it up and uh obfuscate what they had going on however it is not uh i should say the outcome is not in doubt the detective will sure. catch the murderer the question is more how does uh how does the murderer come off to the viewing audience because we're playing this like mm-hmm. it's a tv show
0: mhm it's That's actually one of my favorite, uh, reading it over, that's one of my favorite design decisions in the game, is that the murder is going to get caught no matter what, because Mm -hmm. that is very Columbo. That is also very, uh, my, my Columbo, which is, which is Mr. Monk. It's like, you always know, you got, you got the formula down, you Mm -hmm. know that it's gonna end in him getting caught. Yeah, it's, it's, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be
1: leaning into the formula, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's fun, and then the, it's much more about the, uh, it's more about the journey than the destination, kind of. Kind
0: of yeah. All right, so let's dive in. So I guess the first question is would you like to play the detective or the murderer?
1: Well, uh that was going to be my question for you um whether you had a preference cuz I mean I can do I can do either. Um the the detective is more Columbo-y while the murderer is more of a character that we come up with
0: uh from scratch. So um I Looking at the list of uh, the murderer options, I'm kind of feeling like playing the murderer. Right on. And also, the, de- the detective
1: does a little more structural stuff, rules Yeah, stuff. so that
0: might make sense for you, to, for you to play that so you can sort of guide the narrative action. Cool. Cool.
1: Then we'll do that. My, I guess, one thing to, to point out slash ask you for the sure. format here, there is kind of a visual element um where you're going to be tracking how the audience is viewing you on what's called the perception matrix, which is a little grid of boxes. Um, uh, what's the best way to... I mean, I have a copy here, and I assume you'll have, you uh, have I've a got a copy. copy
0: in front of me as well, so cool. I will uh, just keep track of that as we go. Yeah, so we'll I'll... just keep track
1: of it and maybe just uh, uh, make sure to, to note when, when you make a change on it for right. our yeah. listening audience. Yeah. Cool. Um, and so if you're listening to visualize the perception matrix, um, it's, it's tracking two things, uh, how many clues the detective has committed, which means like, this is part of my case, um, versus how much sympathy the, uh, the murderer is racking up, um, which is kind of like, you know, murder is always bad. You're always going to go to jail for it, mm-hmm. but there are circumstances, right? Some people are sure. more, more uh you know it's a crime of desperation or it's a crime of passion and it wasn't intended or whatever so you can be more sympathetic um and so that's kind of a stat in the way in that way it's really the only uh rpg style stat that the game has is the sympathy number
0: that makes sense cool Um, yeah that makes that makes sense all right yeah so i've got the cop i've got it in front of me you've got it in front of you and we'll just keep track of it and note it Cool. So let's uh, let's generate our detective and murderer. All right.
1: Well, the detective is pretty easy. Um, you can either just kind of uh, do like what I'm basically going to do for for this game and uh, uh, pretend to be Columbo. Um, Good. Great. <laughs> there's a couple little charts if you want to uh, you know generate a more original detective. Um, maybe that isn't directly ripping off of one of your favorite TV detectives, but uh, in this case, we'll, uh, we'll I'll I'll do my best homage um, without trying to without trying to to pretend like I'm a uh, Peter Falk level
0: talent talent borrows genius steals
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: All right, um, so I'm gonna be rolling some dice to generate my murderer. Uh, the first thing I'm going to generate is uh, what type of character I'm playing. There are three types. I could be a professional, a bazaar, or an aristocrat. I'm going to mm-hmm. roll a six-sided dice. I've rolled a two, which means I am a professional. All
1: right. Yeah, so those are like uh, the kind of social strata that you're mm-hmm. coming from. All The, the murderer uh, in this game is always of some kind of elevated
0: or specialized social status, right? Because you always mm-hmm. think you can yeah. get away with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm always above the the, the detective. Right. I'm always just a, 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 a bee in my bonnet. So I'm going to roll a second d6. I am a... Ooh, I'm a well-known artist. I'm very excited about that. Oh, nice. That's Excellent. a good one. That's a mm-hmm. good one.
1: Cool. So you are a yeah. well are a murderer, is a well-known artist, and if you have some more thoughts about this character, you know, uh, you can use the nature of the crime right to guide mm-hmm. your additional filling out uh details and background or if you have immediate thoughts you know we can go ahead and, and talk that out
0: uh uh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make the murder and we'll play it by ear but i've definitely got an idea that it's a. Uh, I think it's definitely like a uh a a fancy art a high art it's a mm-hmm. it's a violinist or a sculptor or something like that. Great. So the first thing I'm going to do is so what are we? What am I? So I'm rolling. Okay, so I'm rolling. There's four tables to roll on a d6 table for each for the relationship between the murderer and the victim. Mm-hmm. Roll on that. That gives me parent and child. All right. So well-known artist. Uh, so the first
1: question is: Are you the parent or are you the child?
0: I am a, uh, I am the child. I have killed my, I have killed my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's roll for a motion to see exactly why. Five, revenge. Hmm. Hmm. Was your,
1: was your father maybe undermining your career or taking, or like, uh, uh, did something think... did, did something to to keep you from from the success that you think you deserve or something like that
0: yeah i think he was um i think he was siphoning my uh yeah income i think it's i think when I, and now was... that I, i'm the parent-child thing i think i'm a child star okay i think i'm i'm like a a like a, a handsome 16 year old maybe In terms of the meta-narrative, maybe I'm like a boy, like, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, a Jonas brother or something. Oh, sure, And they're like, you've brought him in. They've brought him in to play, like, the child violinist star that killed his father because he was taking his his money. Mm -hmm. And it's like the dark side of child stardom.
1: Nice. And so the, but the motivation, so the, it's uh, the revenge. So is it like, you're, he's the one who got you into this in the
0: first place and then took all your money, basically? Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, yes, yeah, he kind of pushed me into it. I was a talented uh, violinist as a child. He kind of, like, pushed me into it, got me into all the fanciest schools, and then when I got famous, started, uh, like, started managing me and taking my money that way. Yeah. So now I'm going to roll how much planning, and this is going to tell me how many times to roll 1d6 on the cover-up table. Five. It is a crime of passion. I'm going to roll once. Alright, so
1: this was not a premeditated act. Something happened that brought your you know, brought all these uh frustrations and jealousies and uh mm-hmm. anger to the to the forefront. Um Crime of Okay, bad. yeah, so
0: we were I think I think uh we were having an argument about it.
1: Yep. And I just snapped. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's go ahead and see what the cover up says and then we'll
0: Yeah. Three. Uh, I've moved the body.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, okay, yeah. So, I think what happens is, I just. Uh... What if it was?
1: It happened like on a location, you know, like if it was at a, a production studio or a music or a recording studio or something. So, like, uh, something that's not in, uh, like yeah, um, obviously no, think, yeah, your yeah, house. Um, so that part of the, part of the, the story is like anyone could have, could have killed you move the body somewhere else and.
0: Yeah. Oh, I bet it was, it was, I'm going to say it was at the record. I think the record studio, or the, the, the record studio is definitely where it's at, like the recording booth. So it's like, well, any of these musicians could have done it. Mm, nice. Nice. Okay. And, and I think that adds the detail that he was probably a, like a manager manager. Mm-hmm. He was probably like a Barry Gordy type. So he probably has a lot of manager, a lot of, uh, musicians under his yeah he was like uh
1: some kind of label executive kind
0: of person yeah yeah oh
1: that's good that's really good i like that a lot cool so there's perspective other there might be there's perspective other suspects yeah cool
0: cool 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 so yeah so i think um sketching out the crime we've got a pretty good idea i think what happens is this is, like, uh, the like the opening pre-credits shot is something, like, the two of us having the argument, me screaming about money, and mm-hmm. he, like, turns his back to walk out. Yeah. And I hit him with you... the violin. Exactly. I was like, is it going to be the violin? Yeah. It's definitely, like, I hit him with the violin, and then maybe just to add to the whole, uh, like, symbol, like, the whole over-the-top. TV uh, symbolism of it the the, the string breaks on the violin and I pull it and I start like choking him with it and he's like fighting me and it's a whole mm-hmm. it's a whole fight scene They're yeah uh, it, like does the whole the whole studio gets kind of
1: trashed yeah Um, and then you know when you, you you finally step back and like we like hear the body fall and then mm-hmm. you come to your senses right you like look around and realize what happened Mm -hmm. Uh, and then so from here uh i think we can we can transition into the formal scene yeah it sounds like we have a good outline of what's happening um yeah yeah, yeah. so since you rolled just to to start us off uh on the perception matrix uh Mm -hmm. you rolled a five right for the uh, because it's a crime of passion so you're starting off with five sympathy is what that means okay um and right now there are zero clues committed. So on the little table, you're just starting off in the, the little five box. Um, Got it. Once a clue becomes committed, you move, o- move over into the the larger square, uh, which means that um, the audience is going to be seeing you as smart and desperate. Um, if you start losing sympathy, then you're going to seem less and uh, more detached or callous, uh, and if I gain more, I commit more clues, it's going to start making you look more, more, uh, more scared and sure, sloppy.
0: Sure. Uh, I, I, Okay. Now, yeah. now I'm seeing, I'm seeing how this mechanic plays out and I like it a lot. This is neat. I think my name is going to be, uh, Roland Axel. Mm-hmm. That's like a cool. Yeah. That's a cool team musician name. Roland Axel. Roland Axel. Okay.
1: Um. So, obviously, uh, this is your 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 father's little music empire is uh, uh, Axel Studios. Mm-hmm.
0: Axel Records.
1: Axel Records. Yeah. Axel Records. This is already very good. <laughs> well, hopefully, it's uh, that means it could just all be downhill from here. We'll see how it, it goes. Be. No, it but this be. is good. This is a nice... <laughs> this is feeling very uh, correct to yeah. get us started. So, we kind of have the... We have the storyboard right for our first mm-hmm. scene. Um, so, do you want to go ahead and walk us uh, walk us through the the walk us through the scene um, as as seen by our viewing audience? You already started sure. doing that
0: kind of naturally,
1: uh, sure. But just so that we we're, you know.
0: So we open in the re- in the recording booth. He's playing mm-hmm. the violin and. Uh, I am, it, I'm just sort of moving the, moving the, uh, the bow back and forth, but there's beautiful violin music playing. Oh yeah. It's totally
1: Doesn't quite match. Yeah. Totally, uh, fully, yeah. Uh, overdubbed <laughs> music. It's, it's shooting you kind of from, from an angle where we can't see your fingers on the, on the uh, neck yeah. really. Yeah.
0: A lot of close up shots on my face, just mm-hmm. making concentrate. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think I, I slip up one note. And that's when they cut to me actually on the bow. They like, I slip up a note and my father walks in. Um, mm-hmm. Chet Axel, record executive, walks in and he starts screaming at me about like, this is take 14. Like, why am I not on? Why am I not? Why am I sabotaging this record? Mm-hmm. And I'm screaming about like, I'm screaming about maybe if you paid me like a star, I'd play like a star, <laughs> dad. Yeah. Uh,
1: He, he com- comes back to you with like, you know if it weren't for me
0: nobody would nobody would ever know who you were. Yeah, you know, I made you. you do what I say. And then he starts to walk out and that's when I hit him with the with the violin and it breaks and I take the I take the the violin wire and I start choking him and mm-hmm. we like hit the wall and some gold records fall down and shatter. Mm-hmm. We knock over the microphone and it makes a big feedback noise. Mm-hmm. And finally like he fall like his hands go limp and I step back and he falls back. I stand there for a second.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. So, uh,
0: I'm going to go ahead
1: and and make notes on a couple clues. Okay. Um, so, how the game works is during Mm -hmm. this scene where the the murderer is narrating how the murder goes down, we're each going to write down four things that we consider to be interesting clues for the detective to discover and then try to put together into the story. Um... They're going to be their their secret knowledge in that I'm going to write down my four, you're going to write down your four, and we're not okay. going to know what they are. Uh, sure. And um, yeah, uh, would it help to to talk about clues more? or Does it seem pretty straightforward about what? No, I, clue? I think I.
0: Yeah, I think I got it. So, the only thing is uh, you're writing down clues that you think will be interesting or tricky to for me to explain away, and I'm writing down clues that will be easy for me to explain away. Right, exactly.
1: But they still have to be germane. Like, you can't write down things that aren't in the scene. Well, you can write down things that are implied by the scene. Sure. Um, but you can't write down something that's a falsehood, right? Like, a clue wouldn't sure. be, you know, I was actually on a plane to New York. Like, or something. Which is just a lie. Sure. Which is just not true. Um, but yeah, again, the goal is to have interesting things to hang our, our interplay on. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to take a second and note down a couple clues that I think will be interesting.
0: I am as well. See, one more good clue. Um, I was going to ask, do you want
1: to extend the scene out to, to how you move the body? Like how and where you yeah, move yeah, the yeah, body I to? Because th- that's part, think of the, I th- part of the intro. Yeah, I think that's... Intro.
0: I think that's exactly what i'm gonna do uh i think that so i think he falls over i think i stand there for a second i look around and i move the body into. okay yeah i move the body into
1: were you thinking of because it could be because you know you, you you hit him right uh so he's been hit with a blunt object you could just like move him out to the alley and try and make it look like it was like a mugging or something
0: yeah, yes. I think that makes the most sense because it's uh he's got he's got yeah he's been hit in the head and he's got uh, like strangulation. So I think it would make sense. That's what I'm gonna do. So he's gonna drag him out to the alley. I think he um, maybe maybe grabs like a bike chain that's been put aside and sort of like puts it mm. over his neck.
1: Right, just something to make it like uh, make a you know not so obvious. Like that try was... and give some obvious explanation
0: yeah yeah okay. now, yeah, so he puts him in the alley. he puts like a bike chain over, over or by his neck mm-hmm. and then just like runs off. yeah. what does he do with the violin? or is it um, left
1: un unclear to our viewing audience?
0: I think it is left unclear, okay I think he I think that we get a shot of like a close- up shot of him seeing the of him seeing his father, and then we get a shot of him like dragging him by the feet into the alley. But every like where as to where everything is, I think that is up in the air.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Cool.
0: So I have my four clues.
1: Um, cool. If, as do I. Great. Uh, if we were you know playing uh, at a table, we would have them on little note cards, and we just turn them upside down and randomize them into a pile. Um, mm-hmm. Because when when clues are determined are drawn, uh, they're taken out of both uh, both both sources. Right. Um yeah so we see the murder as our kind of pre pre-credit sequence um
0: I think yeah I think as he's like draping the chain over we cut we like start to hear the opening strings of the theme song Oh sure yeah um
1: and uh yeah it goes into our little uh, title credit sequence as mm-hmm. maybe we see um well I think so we see uh you know <laughs> Roland run off, and then we hear, like, tires, you know, mm-hmm. as he drives off.
0: And then, Oh, this is a dramatic close-up of his father's face exactly. as we hear all that. Mm-hmm.
1: And then there's uh, the, the soundtrack uh, turns into, like, the theme is being played on violin. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. as we uh, cut to the appearance of our detective, uh, of our Columbo, uh pulling up in front of the studio where there's a big sign that says Axel Records right mm-hmm. um and we turns off the the car he was like playing like a cassette of the violin music mm-hmm. you know that uh
0: i think in true Columbo-esque fashion uh the cassette you stop it and the cassette starts to overwind
1: oh sure yeah yeah and there's a moment where it's like fumbling with the i don't think his car even really ha- like in Canon I don't think his car has a cassette player but in our show it does yeah and uh he's like poking at it and like grumbling and then when he pulls it out it has all the long yep. pieces of uh, tape like that got all scrambled up yep all right uh cool <laughs> so we're gonna go into uh so we had the murder that's always the first scene mm-hmm. now we go into the first the the initial investigation which is always the second scene mm-hmm. so now I narrate this one, uh, from, from the detective's mm-hmm. perspective. So yeah, uh, you know, there's the, 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 little ironic, uh, moment of he's listening to this, this, uh, recorded music, gets all messed up, uh, steps out of the car and kind of goes around to the back, you know, to the back alley where the, um, where the body was found. And mm-hmm. it was already reported, you know, there's a cop car. Blocking the other end of the alley with the lights. Mm-hmm. There's people standing behind it trying to see what's going on. You know, I kind of fumble, fumble in my my rumpled overcoat mm-hmm. to find my uh, my my ID because the the cop on duty doesn't recognize me. Mm-hmm. Standard, standard, the uh, sure. Columbo stuff. Yeah. Um. All right. I'm gonna go ahead and uh pick a a random clue that all is right. gonna be the first thing I noticed. So. I'm going to generate a number here. Uh, I have I numbered mine one through four.
0: I numbered mine five through eight, so that right. works perfectly. I pick clue number eight. Perfect. Actually, this works out very well. Um, clue number eight is strangulation marks on the neck. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So uh,
1: Columbo goes over and asks the sergeant, you know, what what happened here? Uh, you know,
0: is this a is this a, a mugging or something mm-hmm. like that? And it, I think he says, like, yeah, I think he says something like, you know, standard, standard mugging. Looks like he got clocked in the back of the head. Uh, looks like they ran up behind him, clocked in the back of the head. Looks like they grabbed this bike chain.
1: Yeah. That's a, they take take his wallet, take his watch. Mm, no, no, it doesn't look like it. Huh. Well, that's weird. Now he started, he's gets down and kind of po- pokes around he's like anyone anyone move this chain did anyone touch this chain the one that's like draped over his neck right um you know and nope.
0: the... nobody touched it yet
1: all right good I uh, kind of picks it up and uh, looks you know looks closely at the at the neck um and then gets up off his hands and knees and lets it drape back down but the, you know the camera clearly saw that there's like the, the little thin marks. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, he's like, so, so he still has his wallet and the sergeant has the wallet and hands it over. Mm-hmm. And he flips through it. And then he starts going around. And he's like, it's like, Chet, Chet Axel, I just saw something. I just saw something with the name Axel on it. And he's asking, he's like asking cops and stuff. Like, what, do you know an Axel? This seems like a familiar name, uh, and one of the one of the kids in the crowd, like one of the teenagers in the crowd, like, "Hey, Mister, turn around!" And he turns around, <laughs> and it says Axel, uh, uh Records and big, you know, on a big sign mm-hmm. on the back mm-hmm. on the back door. He gets mm-hmm. his, uh, so he starts, so he goes in, you know, and starts poking around. Uh, he finds someone to open the door because this is all late night after hours kind of stuff, um, and we. Uh, See him kind of walking around and poking through the the trashed studio, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of looking at things and pulling out the, um, going back out to the back and lifting the chain again, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's our first investigation. We see we see our detective see that obviously this uh, if this was a mugging, there's another element to it because he definitely was not. Um, choked by a bike chain, right? So now we go into the uh, back and forth different scenes. Sure. Um, I I pick the next one. Uh, so we each have a little play sheet that tells us the kinds of scenes we can pick. Got it. And uh, so I think obviously uh, we cut from here and we go to. Um we go to Roland Axel's uh pad, whatever mm-hmm. what's 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 his living situation?
0: um, it is a um, like a cliffside a cliffside house, mm-hmm. it's one of those really sleek uh one of those really sleek like propped up houses on the side of the cliff. uh he's got a real big pool and mm-hmm. it's big glass windows and inside it's all like. Marble tile. Everything is everything is colored like black marble, so it's got that real sheen to it. Mm-hmm. And there's just like gaudy, the kind of things that a sixteen year old would think are really high class. So mm-hmm. like tiger stat, so like tiger sculptures.
1: <laughs> yeah, so like kind of over the top, gaudy kind of uh, ornaments yeah. and stuff like that. Cool. Are there uh, people around? Does he have like? like hangers on and like servants and stuff or is he more of a loner
0: i think it's more of a a, i think he's more of a loner i think there are a few people a few other like teens kind of passed out on couches and things Mm -hmm. but i don't think in turn but i think they're all they're all from like a party that he was throwing last night Mm -hmm. so maybe there's just the refuse of a party around and a few people passed out but he's kind of on his own. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, great. So, you know, he's uh,
1: maybe we the the camera cuts to we see him poolside, um, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of staring, staring off in, in, into uh, over the over the cliff, um, and then uh, like a doorman or something like you, there is some kind mm-hmm. of domestic servant um, who comes up and is like, uh, "Mr. Axel, there's uh, there's someone here to see you from from the police."
0: And he um he kind of um he's got the shades on his forehead because it's the cockiest possible thing to do, right, and he kind of just drop like hits him with his finger and they drop down over his eyes
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they're the big mirrored shades, yeah, the aviators
1: so we have a very seventies arty uh shot of the mm-hmm. aviators come down, and then we see uh our detective reflected in them as he comes out of mm-hmm. the house and comes out, and he's like, oh." Oh gosh, sorry, sorry to to interrupt your morning, sir, but uh, I I have, I have I'm afraid I have some bad
0: news. Is it about the, is it about a noise complaint? Because uh, we I can just pay the fine. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh no, no, sir, uh, that's not my department. Um, I'm afraid I I don't really doesn't matter to me how much noise you make up here. I'm sure you can make all the noise you want. I mean, a big house like this, uh, I'm sure your neighbors don't mind. No, uh, I'm actually I'm actually from from homicide.
0: Homicide, and he sits up uh, a little, just a hair too dramatically. Like, it's like, well,
1: you see, has anyone? Uh, they told me that they hadn't been able to get in touch with you by phone, so I just decided to come up here myself. But uh, if you're, it's your—it's about your father, my father. Yeah, I'm—I'm I'm afraid that he something. Uh, he—he he was mugged. Um. Someone attacked him uh, behind the studio last night, and uh, I'm afraid that that he's dead. Oh my God, that's terrible. Uh, I'm sure you must be very shaken up to get the news like this. I'm, I'm sorry um, but oh, you know I'm,
0: I'm very I, shaken up. I'm going to need some time uh, to myself to process all of this. <laughs> oh, I
1: understand completely, but you know, there are a couple questions I need to ask just for my report just so that I can get it out of the way and not have to bother you again about this
0: Of course of course. I, of course. All right.
1: Um, so this is a interrogation scene where we mm-hmm. have a conversation. Um, I'm going to go ahead and and look at three of the face down clues and pick one okay. to turn face up. Uh, so I will I will roll this. I'll make this this number pick and let you know if I need any of your clues. Sure. All right. Uh, so what are your clues? Four, or I'm sorry, four is mine. Uh, what are your clues, six and seven? Six?
0: Uh, I'll message them to you. Okay. We'll preserve the is, mystery.
1: Yeah, make this good audio drama. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to scramble around our clues. I'm going to pick three. I'm going to look mm-hmm. at them. And one of them is jumping out to me as being uh, perfect for this conversation. So uh, I am turning up... Um, the clue that reads, uh, it's your number seven, that, uh, that Axel's name, your, this, your, your character's name, Mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. Roland's name, uh, is on the recording schedule for last night. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, just a couple, yeah, a couple questions from my report. Um, do you know, do you know anyone who, who's, uh, who'd have any reason to, to kill your father? Has he had any arguments with anybody recently?
0: Ah, uh, oh, um, lots of people. Oh, oh, real father. Uh, he was a manager, so he had, uh, you know, you know how talent is. They are a prickly bunch. Um, he and he also was. I mean, I say this obviously. I loved him to. Well, that's a bit morbid to say. I wouldn't say to death, but you know what I mean. I loved him, of course. Um. He was a prickly man, and that he had a tough way of of managing his talent. Uh,
1: so, so you'd say he
0: had enemies? Oh, uh, I, yeah, I could see any of the talent souring on him if they were pushed to it. Do you do you, you don't happen to have a, a a list of um a list of the
1: the musicians he was managing? Well, you don't happen to have a thing like that with you, do you?
0: Uh, on me, no, but there's probably, um, you could probably find that at the, the studio. I think that he has a rec, uh, he has his Rolodex in his office. Oh,
1: of course, you're right, I should have thought of that, the studio. Yeah, I'll check there, that's a good idea. Um, and I guess, oh, that's about it, except, uh, oh, do you happen to know if he was supposed to be recording with anyone last night? It seems like it probably, the, the coroner's put the time of death, uh, Pretty late at night. Um, do you know if he had like a late night session with anyone?
0: Well, um, I know I was scheduled to record with him in the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a we had a recording from a new single. Sorry, I can't give you any details. It's a exclusive release. But uh, other after me, I think he might have had one or two other acts after me. But I mean, it's you know he has he liked to load up his days with as many recordings as possible. Mm-hmm. So it's entire. So anybody could have been hanging around. Okay, did well
1: so I I see here uh that makes sense. I'll see who else was there, but um I did, you know, I I did manage to uh I did get this from the studio before I came up here and he reaches into his coat, pulls out a bundle of papers. Goes, oh no, 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 I need to pay that. Um <laughs> now, oh, here it is. Uh this is his this was the the schedule log for last night um and while he seemed kept kept lots of seemed like a very detail oriented man. kept kept lots of um, detailed notes on his schedule. Uh, seems to me, and your your recording session, um, it does have your name on it right at the end of the day, but no one's listed after it. Are you sure someone else would have been in there after you?
0: Well, maybe maybe not. But like I said, I mean, I mean, there were you know a lot of talent hanging around. I mean, it's a busy recording studio, 14 gold records. (laughs) Uh,
1: That's a, that's definitely something to be, uh, to be proud of. Um, all right, well, I'll just follow up on a couple of these little questions. I'm sure the people at the studio can help me out. Sorry again, to be the bearer of bad news. Um, thank you for your compassion. uh, I, I understand what a blow this must be. Uh, I'll, I'll just see myself out and then, He's that'd be great wa- he's walking out and then just, right before he gets to the door turns around he's like oh just one last little little question uh, was there anyone else in the studio with you during your recording session
0: uh, in the studio with me no I like to work alone so it was just you and your father then uh, at least in the studio itself there may have been people in the lobby but I I need a pristine work environment
1: Well, and you, I mean, I, I should have said so earlier. I mean, your work, my wife loves your recordings. I know. Oh, that's
0: so nice. And he, um, he reaches, he grabs a pre-signed photo and like, (laughs) and and, like kind of shoves it at you. Nice.
1: Yeah. Like, oh, she'll, she'll really appreciate this. I know we're a little bit out of your uh, demographic, um, but you know, we just, it it makes her feel more youthful, you know, be connected to someone who so has such, you know. So so popular does such a good work. Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm gushing now. I'll I'll get back to work. You have a good day now. You as well, and send send regards to your wife. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she'll appreciate that. (laughs) All right. Um. Cool. We'll cut the scene there. Yeah. Great. So yeah, so I have two clues that I'm that I'm putting together now: strangulation of the neck with the the cord of some kind, and that your name was on the schedule, and uh, no. Don't really have an alibi for you at the current time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So now it is your turn to pick one of the scenes uh, that you want to do.
0: All right. I am going to. I think I'm going to do a rash Okay, yeah, I'm going to do a rationalization scene. Okay. Which is just, um, I think the scene is by myself after the detective leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of pacing back and forth a little bit, and I'm by myself. Maybe one of the the kids from the party like peeks in and is like, "Oh yeah, hey Roland!" And I'm like, "Get out! Just get out!" Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, and I'm standing, and we pan the camera pans out, and on the bed is uh, like dozens and dozens of. Bank receipts, Mm -hmm. or like management fees, and we see that it's like we get flashes of numbers where it's like you were paid sixteen thousand for this job or for this uh concert, and the management fee was like nine thousand, and then like taxes and fees, and it says like final final result four hundred and twenty three dollars. Right. Yeah. And it's just this long shot, and it's just we hear. Over the over the soundtrack, we start hearing lines of like, "Hey, management's a hard job. I take my cut because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I got you into this, and it's just like a flat, like a quick soundtrack flashes of like, yeah, all of and those. it's like,
1: and maybe echoing some of the things from their from their argument in the first scene mm-hmm. where it's like, I, you know, I made you. I deserve everything that you make. You know,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, cool. So this increases your sympathy by one. Yes. Which is up to six, which is the maximum. You've been so poorly, poorly treated by your tyrannical father manager.
0: Yep, they just, I, I, it, they pushed me to push me to the limit. Yeah. All right. Um, I dare say anyone would do what I would do
1: in that. What I did in that situation. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I, uh, so our detective is going to have a flash of insight. Um, cool. And, uh, he is, so this is something where, uh, I have an innocuous conversation or do something unrelated to the case or cogitate and then suddenly realize, uh, a, uh, a a revelation and this will commit one of our clues. Um, yeah. And I think it's simply that, um, we're at the station uh, so mm-hmm. we're at like, you know, our detective's desk and it's all covered in papers and whatnot. Mm. And, uh, and someone comes in and he's like, Hey, uh, you know, Hey Lieutenant, we're going to go get some lunch. You want anything? Uh, you know, Jimmy's just going to ride his bike down to the deli and, uh, pick up, uh, you know, pick up some, sa- some sandwiches. And, um, our detective's staring off kind of in the middle distance. He's like, Oh yeah, sure. Whatever his bike huh wait a second and then he grabs the phone and he call. he dials a number and like in the background goes like lieutenant you what do you want want me to get you a tuna <laughs> they have chili too and just ignoring him and uh he calls uh and on the phone he's like uh hey yeah i t- take uh, can you connect me to the coroner's office yeah hey fred um so, you had a chance to look at those, uh, those marks on his neck, right? There's no way that could have been like a, uh, bicycle, the bicycle chain or like a spoke or something like that. Uh huh. Yeah, something really thin, right? Could, something thin like a, like a, like a guitar string or a musical instrument. Yeah, really thin wire. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Fred. <laughs> it hangs up. I'm committing. This uh, strangulation on the neck by wire clue being central to our case. So,
0: as there's one one committed clue, that means the audience perceives me as smart and desperate. Mm -hmm. Excellent.
1: Alright. It is now your turn for another scene.
0: Okay, yeah, then my scene is going to be a cover up. Mhm. Yeah. My scene is definitely a cover is a cover up. Um that makes perfect sense. I think it is uh it's 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 late at night. Roland, we see we don't see that it's ro- like we see a figure sort of like uh smash a lock mm-hmm. on X Ax- on the Axel Studios record uh, record studio or the recording space. Yeah. And like like a key opens a door, and somebody takes the smashed uh, broken records, takes the smashed broken records, and like slowly, and you see him pu- put up pr- fresh, brand new, like pristine condition gold records <laughs> in their place. Okay. And starts like, and just like does that, puts the stool back up. Puts the stool back up, uh, straightens the microphone that had been knocked over into the, uh, like, the engineer's the pane of glass. Yeah, blast. and this whole thing,
1: like, the the door had, like, uh, police tape on it and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm Cool.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna add a new face-down clue to the clue pile. I'm huh? gonna make, th- I'm gonna add, replace number seven with that. Okay. Since that was already uh, gone, or played. hmm So I'm gonna replace that with number seven. And I'm going to lower sympathy by one now that we're seeing that it's, like, an active cover-up. Yeah, now you're trying to get in there and and
1: confuse the issue. So you're still smart and desperate, but you're on the border.
0: And I think the end of the scene is that, like, we see all of that happen and it's all, like, shoulder down shots or close-ups on hands and things. Yeah, so we don't see the the face. And the, the last thing that happens is we see the figure walk out. And it pans up, and it's rolling, like looking side to side. Maybe he looks like he does. He slides the sunglasses down, and we see his eyes do the the evil dark oh, back sure. and forth. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how you know he's
1: evil. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, follow that up with a good old fashioned legwork scene. All right. Um, and this is where we have a montage of our detective going to increasingly unlikely looking uh musicians like Mm -hmm. these are all different uh people who are managed by uh by chet and uh you know at first he he talks to someone kind of in the in the lobby of the studio and he has the list of the recording times um
0: and uh, And i bet we get a lot of cameos and i bet this is a lot oh yeah this is where they put in all the celebrity cameos. Mm -hmm. so for the commercial they can be like star studded episode right
1: yeah so all these little cameos so it's like yeah it starts off in in the lobby of the studio and then he's, you know, knocking, uh, or knocking on the door of like a, a beautiful penthouse. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. some, uh, much fancier kind of, uh, looking woman. And she's looking at the list and kind of shaking her head. Um, and we're getting, uh, kind of, we're just getting a couple sentences of conversation and mm-hmm. they're all kind of like, you know, Oh yeah. He was, you know, he, he was tough, but he was fair. And, uh, you know, if it weren't for him, I wouldn't have the career that I have. And, um, yeah, I saw him that morning and, you know, he, he was... Uh, he seemed seemed like he was mad about something, but I don't really know what. Um, and kind of just painting this picture of uh, all these other people who, who worked for him, making him sound not, not terrible, right? And everyone's like mm-hmm. dismayed and I can't... I don't know who would have done this. You know, it's a tough industry, but... There's no accounting for you know this this kind of thing. I don't know who would have done it. Um, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I again look at three of the clues and pick one to turn face up. So all right, cool. Um, so we uh, you know we we end up um, following our our detective through you know this 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 cameo uh, series of appearances back to the studio and uh finally he's talking to the uh, uh the recording engineer who's who's mm-hmm. there um and he's like oh hey hey lieutenant are you guys all done yet we need to you know we have we have business to do we have we have albums to record we need to get back into our studio and uh uh our detective's like no oh well you know we we need to Make sure we've gotten all the, all the, um, gotten everything we need. Uh, and I'm just making sure that I know who was in this building all day. Actually, you know, how long were you here? And they go through a thing about, you know, how long he was there, but then, uh, Mr. Axel sent him home because, you know, his kid always wants to, wants to have a pristine recording environment. Doesn't like anyone else to be, to be around. But then he says, "But well, you, you know, if you want to know if anyone else is here, we have the backup tapes, you know, from the recording session." It's like, oh, oh no, backup tapes, and uh, sure enough, so the clue that I'm turning over is that there was a a, a studio recording of the argument. Um, oh no! Dun dun dun! And it's like. Uh, yeah the main uh you know the main tapes got got trashed um, in whatever happened in there, but the uh but we we have a backup deck that's just always on um, you know it cuts off after a while because there's only so much recording space on it and we dump it every couple of days, but since we didn't record today because of you guys, we still got it. Mm-hmm.
0: that's good, that's very good. that's a good clue mm-hmm. all right.
1: Cool. So it is back to you.
0: So with that clue revealed. Mm
1: -hmm. So that has been revealed, but it is not committed. Not committed. Yeah.
0: So what clues are... uh, Yeah, I think what I'm going to do is... I think I'd like an interrogation.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Do you come to me, or do you want to frame it just with uh, the
0: detective coming around to see you again? I think the the detective comes around to see me again. All right. Yeah, I think the detective comes to see me. Um, We get that... uh, We get a shot that is uh, painfully similar to the one in The Graduate when he's in in the pool. Yeah. He's floating. And, like, he looks up Mm -hmm. and the detective is standing over him. Yep. I think... Yeah, and so I start off with, uh, you know, I'm sorry
1: sorry to bother you again. uh, The detective we need to stop meeting like this well you're an awfully hard hard man to get a hold of, to get a hold of on the phone um, I could have talked to you on the phone but you know your, your secretary said you weren't available uh, I, I understand that it. it's a tough time but there are just a couple more little things that, that I need to ask you about before we can move
0: on with the case yes no no please please anything you can anything you can do to help find the, the man that did this well you see that's it's funny. The that's the
1: thing. Uh, we we looked all over that alley, um, and really couldn't find anything to tell us about who who did this. Um, it really seems like it it was something to do. It, it happened in the studio, because otherwise, you know, how else there 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 wasn't any any other reason to there isn't any other reason to think that he was just attacked out of nowhere. You know, people don't kill. People don't kill each other for no reason.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I... That's... I mean... Are you suggesting that maybe foul play was involved? Uh,
1: I'm afraid that at this stage in the investigation, uh, yes, we do have to... We we are considering this a a murder. Um, Hmm. you see the coroner's report came back, and while he was bludgeoned with some kind of object, the, the cause of death was in fact a, um laceration of the throat uh, as if he was he was choked to death with some kind of thin wire. You wouldn't know anything about that, would oh, that's, you?
0: That's horrible. No, I wouldn't. Um, I think... So I think what I'm going to do at this moment is uh, try to do a misdirect. Okay. I'm going to look at three uh, face-down clues. All right. And I'll pull one up and use it to move the conversation onto something else and also kind of justify why I wasn't Okay, yeah. So, you think it was foul play. Um so do you think that do you think that it was pers- it, so it, I mean it must have been a personal vendetta or oh god.
1: Oh uh, what what
0: I, I I got a I got a notice that I assumed was just part of the investigation or perhaps a government thing but no I think that there's something I think there's something afoot that actually and he kind of um he we cut to him still in his uh swim trunks mm-hmm. and the two of you are standing in this very ornate kitchen and there's like a small pile of mail on A counter this fine this fine like onyx counter Mm -hmm. and he pulls a letter out and he says i got a letter from my uh my father's accounting firm that says that uh the accounts were emptied out oh they said that they were that that i assumed that uh, that the assets were just frozen for the investigation or maybe they were trying to lay out his will but i maybe it was a, a robbery maybe somebody was trying to steal money from him Oh, that's, that's very interesting. Hmm. And
1: takes the, takes the statement. Um, it's like, we don't, you know, like, we don't have any, like, the, the police don't have any ability to, to, you know, affect assets in this kind of case. Uh, you know, maybe if it was like a tax case or something, but, um, uh, this is, uh, this is interesting. So you, did you know, your how uh, were were you privy to your father's account management? Did you know? do you have access to his bank accounts?
0: Oh no no no! He keeps ever he kept everything very separate. Uh, as far as finances go, I was just, and my face hardens a little bit. Another employee. <laughs> hmm. So no, I didn't have any. I didn't have any access into his accounts. I I only got the letter. I assume because they wanted they were looking into the will and wanted to let me know. Oh,
1: I'm sure, I'm sure. Uh, so all of this, this is all from your money then, from your recordings and your tours and, and concerts. That's, I mean, you, you've you certainly do doing well enough for yourself here, without needing his money. Yeah.
0: yeah um, I, I do okay.
1: <laughs> oh, this is more than okay. This, this this really, I don't know if I said this the first time, but your view your view, oh, it's amazing, but I'm sorry, I'm getting off track. Um, well, this certainly puts a new spin on things. Uh, money could be could be quite the motive. I did do a, you know, I, I talked to some of the other musicians under contract, and uh, really everyone had pretty, pretty fair things to say about your father. I was having a hard time finding anyone who seemed angry enough with him to want to kill him. But once money like this is involved, that's a whole other story.
0: Um, yeah, I, I think I mean, I I honestly, officer, detective a Detective. I don't I I I know musicians. I know the people that my father worked with. Any one of them would lie would lie and should get a hand on that fortune. Okay, well
1: like well this I'm gonna have to check this out straight away. Thanks again thanks again for your time uh, hopefully I won't uh, I mean I've been I've been enjoying our time you know talk I' mean talking to someone like you it's always a pleasure but hopefully I won't have to talk to you again
0: and uh, we can I, wrap this up quickly I hope that we talk one more time when you when you figure out who did it all right <laughs> and cutscene there
2: mm-hmm
1: um, cool all right. So now I have some more clues to work with. I have your name on the schedule. I have the studio recording of the argument. And I have your dead bank account was emptied out. Or empty.
0: And my sim- and my sympathy has bounced back up to a six. Uh, the audience is loving me. This is, a, this is right. an Emmy right here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a star vehicle. Right. right. Well, let's see.
1: Alright, my next scene will be an interview where I will conduct an interview with other people involved in the case in some way. And I think, okay. uh, this is with, uh, his, um, with his, his, uh, uh, I don't know, like the vice president of the recording studio or something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, another mucky muck, um, will say that, uh, her name's uh, Catherine Chess. And so our detective is meeting with Miss Chess uh, to ask some questions about the, the business, uh, tracking down this clue. Mm-hmm. Um and uh but he is specifically, you know, asking about what um what the sales numbers have been for roland's recordings recently Mm -hmm. um and like basically yeah so it's like you know what have the sales numbers been like for for roland did it seem like his father was really uh anxious about that or uh was he did he treat roland differently than the other musicians and this kind of stuff and i and the the upshot uh out of the conversation is that we get some of the backstory about how, you know, you were his pet project from when you were a kid mm-hmm. and he brought you in and you were this like violin virtuoso and then turned you into this popular musician. Um, mm-hmm. but that the, uh, the shine has started to come off recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your sales, your numbers and your tour sales were going down and he was getting more stressed out about it. Um, Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So the, uh, so yeah, so, so we deliver some of the exposition about your relationship, uh, in that scene. And also I get to, uh, add a new clue to our pile, Mm. which will go into, uh, my number two slot since that. Okay. Um, yeah. And maybe that, that scene just ends with him being like. Could I, uh, you know, could I just take a look at uh, any of your your records about um his recording contract? I just want to make sure I have it perfectly clear before, uh, mm-hmm. you no, know, because she's like, I can't. Be- you don't think he's involved with this or anything, do you? Our detective's like, no, uh, no, no, of course not. But I do want to make sure I have a clear picture of what you know what was going on with the business, um. Before uh, sure. you know, before before moving on with the investigation. Uh, so let I me, mean, you know, if I could just take a look at your files. And she's like, "Oh, of course." And has a secretary open a file drawer and he starts rummaging through. And then we'll cut to your to your next scene.
0: So I think my next scene is, um, it's it sort of it it starts a. The scene opens on like. A pan of Roland's apartment, Mm -hmm. or or rather of his house, and it pans around, and like we see all of the statues and the art, and we linger on a, what looks like a fire axe, is like sitting on the counter. Okay. And we pan over a little further, and we see this uh, beautiful shelf that's probably been in the background of some of the earlier shots of like instruments and like recording equipment like all of the things that he uses to make his art at home Mm -hmm. and it is all like smashed oh no visibly chopped to bits Mm -hmm. and he is uh and we pan over and the whole time we've been hearing uh like sobbing noises Mm -hmm. and we pan with the 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 circle like the sweep. Finally, and lands on Roland on the phone to the police. Like, someone someone broke in, and they, they, they broke my instruments, and I think whoever killed my father mm-hmm. is just targeting our family, and I think there's some sort of vendetta. I think they killed and robbed my father, and now they're targeting me. And he hangs up the phone. Mm-hmm. And he's crying, and his face then immediately just goes blank, and the smallest grin tops up, and then the scene ends. Nice. So I'm going to add a face-down clue. Mm-hmm. This is going to take space of number eight to the clue pile. That sounds like you're uh, lowering sympathy. That was a... Sympathy? Yeah, yeah, oh, got it. one? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, you jerk. All right. <laughs> So clearly uh we're going to have another interrogation uh conversation um all right so we we uh cut to you know pretty much immediately following on that there's uh the the cops are there um our detectives there were the police photographers like taking pictures of the smashed instruments and stuff um and everyone's uh they're they're dusting for fingerprints and just you know active investigation kind of stuff um and so our uh our our detective is coming over to you and saying I'm so sorry for this this damage this must be this just must be terrible for you
0: and I'm wearing I'm wearing the the blanket Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm completely hamming it up Mm -hmm. And I'm like thank you thank you detective it it means a lot I'm glad that you could be here I, I know that I just don't understand wh- who could have such a vendetta against our family it
1: really doesn't seem to it really doesn't seem to make much sense but that's the thing about the criminal mind it just it doesn't follow a logical path
0: I guess not
1: um so I if you're if you're up for it uh, you know, I'd like to ask you a couple questions just about what happened here. Make sure that I know all the facts, of course, of course. So you were out and came home or how did you discover yes, yes. the vandalism
0: i was I was out doing some promotion. um I had an interview um and I came home and the door was open. I had just assumed that somebody had crashed here overnight Mm -hmm. but the came in and everything was smashed and it just looked like somebody really specifically wanted to send me some sort of message like to get out of music or something
1: and have you had i know you must get fan mail and there's weirdos out there there's a lot of weirdos has anyone sent you any threats have you received any threatening messages recently
0: Oh no, my mess, my my fan mail has been all positive. People, people, you know, the people love me. And uh,
1: do you know anyone who would know that you have this collection here in the ho- in the house? Because I would think that all these great instruments, you'd actually want them in your studio so you can you know use them when you're recording.
0: Well, I mean, this the the, the studio instruments are for the commercial stuff. This is for. And he kind of stops for a moment and he goes people people would know and he reaches uh, along a bookshelf and he pulls out like a copy of like Us Weekly or uh-huh. something like tabloid magazine that's got a profile of him. Oh,
1: nice. And there's like the and, picture of them behind like he's posed in front of the wall of
0: Yeah, and it's about his solo work and so it's it's
1: Okay, well we'll just we'll just have the boys finish up here, you know, we'll run prints, see if Anything? Uh, if we get any matches, you never know. Sometimes you get lucky that way. I'll take a look outside. Are you? Do you feel comfortable staying here, or is there somewhere else you can go while this all gets cleaned up?
0: No, I'm gonna stay here. I need to send a message that I won't well, stand for this. That's
1: good. That's very good. I'm sure your your father will be very proud of you for making that decision. Uh, he's like, "All right, I'll just, I'll just go talk to the officer." He turns around, and uh, you're like you know, getting your, standing up in your blanket and you're going to go off to, like, mm-hmm. you know, your bedroom or something and get out of the, the area. i was like, oh, oh, uh, sir, just just one more thing that I wanted to ask you about. Um, I want to ask you about the backup tapes. You know the backup tapes?
0: Backup tapes?
1: Your studio, sure. you know how you, uh, the, the recording engineer keeps a backup tape in case anything happens to the main tape.
0: My eyes go wide. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, well, it turns out that while the main tape was, was damaged and whatever, whatever happened with your, with your father, we're pretty sure it happened in that studio at this point. Uh, the backup tape are, I, I talked to Steve, uh, your engineer down there, and he was able to, he was able to make me a copy. Um, and I just wanted to ask you about this. It sounded to me, now I don't know, maybe if this was a new kind of, project you were working on but sounded to me that you and your father had some pretty harsh words for each other during that recording session
0: Uh, things get heated sure but that's the that's the nature of the game that's i mean the only the only person that i feel comfortable getting that harsh with is my father because we're family
1: oh okay so uh so you he doesn't talk that way to to the other the other musicians
0: I mean he's certainly rude to them, he's crass, he's rough around the edges, but you know, we both know that we love each other at the end of the day. And that means that we can be a little blunter with one yeah, another. Under- it's one of the joys of working in the family.
1: I understand. I'm always I'm always arguing with my brother in law about about uh you know, the when he when he needs to bring over enough food for the barbecue, but that's neither here nor there. Um I just wanted to to check on check on one thing. Uh, that's on this tape. Uh, I want to make sure that, that I have this right. And then, um, he, uh, reaches into his coat and pulls out like a little tape recorder mm-hmm. and plays a clip that's the kind of like the end of the initial argument. Um, where like your dad's like, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I forget exactly how we had it go originally, but you know, it's the part sure. where it's like, Um, yeah, I I made made you you and I, yeah, I, yeah, I made you. So I get, I should get everything you make. Uh, and then there's a crash sound and then it clips Mm -hmm. off. So like, and that was the the end of that tape. I just want to make sure that was your father's voice, right?
0: Yeah, that was him.
1: Okay. And, uh, (laughs) that's uh, the kind of argument you, you would have often.
0: Oh, sure. Sure. Um. He he took a rough cut certain some uh, not the most charitable cut of my earnings. Oh, okay. But so we disagree we disagreed a lot on payment. I thought my work was worth was I thought I deserved more of my earnings, especially now that I'm I'm 16. I'm as close to I'm close enough to an adult that I should be getting more of my mo- my own money. I- I'm the one doing the work. I. He's not doing the I work. I
1: completely understand. Well, he's he's not doing any work anymore. I'm I'm sorry. That was a that was uncalled for. <laughs> uh, we'll finish up I here. I think it was uncalled for, detective.
0: <laughs> I think maybe you should leave. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. Uh, once the boys are done, we'll get out of your hair. That'd be great. That'd be great. All right. Um, then you storm off in your towel or in your blanket. Yep. Yep. Cool. Uh, so that is being, slam a door. That is being committed. The studio recording of the argument. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All back right. To you. So now that I have two committed clues, uh, first of all, mm-hmm. that moves you another step towards being uh, scared and desperate and not smart and desperate. Yeah. And also it means that now either of us can, can uh, go to the final, uh, the final scene, the finale Um, either because I want to bring it about Uh, or because you want to confess.
0: Well, I don't want to confess. I want to go deeper. Oh, no. Go deeper. I'm going deeper. I'm going to commit another murder to solve my problem.
1: (sighs) But you were so sympathetic until now.
0: Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. What happens is we get a shot of, uh, Steve, the engineer. Mm hmm. Yeah. Wrapping up a day of recording. He hits the little button. He's like, great, great, great job, everybody. Uh, let's wrap it up. We'll head home. And he like starts he saves all the tapes. He heads out to his car. He sits down and he starts driving. He starts driving home and he's driving through the city. He's going to his little like one bedroom and we keep getting these shots of this uh, sports car like in the rearview mirror we keep getting the shots of him adjusting the mirror and the sports car mm-hmm. still there and he turns and there's the sports car and he he, he finally he pulls over in his apartment he gets out he looks and the car is parked right behind him but there's no one in it it's a convertible but there's no one in it mm-hmm. and he's like what the and then there's and then there's the hand around his mouth and we see Roland's face right in the corner of the frame and he grabs him dun, and dun, dun. We cut back and he has been uh we'll say how do we how do how do I wanna how do I wanna murder Steve the engineer? I
1: mean, is he also strangled? Like so that Yeah, I, I think he's definitely like also strangled.
0: Yeah. yeah. Poor Steve. Yep, that's exactly what it is. So uh I lose one sympathy, which sets mm-hmm. me down to four sympathy, so now I'm smart and detached. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because I'm just willing to murder him, not because it's not because it's actively an active cover up, but just because I'm angry at him. Mm-hmm. And I have the option to uncommit a clue, but I don't think I'm going to because I don't think I have the ability to take the tapes out of the detective's possession. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, think, the
1: two clues are still pretty relevant.
0: Yeah, so I think this is not this is not an active cover up. This is simply mm. revenge. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was just getting, getting, he's a revenge killer. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I have my last clue written down. Cool. Um. Uh, I think I'm actually okay going into the finale. I think I am as well. Unless you had more that you wanted to get out there, but this feels like a pretty. No, this feels like a good finale spot. Time, yeah. All right. And in the finale, we have, you know, uh, we reveal and commit stuff. So okay. there's a little Got more. It business to it also um cool so i think maybe we we go back uh we have a little interstitial scene where we see you maybe come back um we have an interstitial scene where we see you come back to your house and just like fall into the bed still with Mm -hmm. your you know murdering clothes on like your dark clothes or whatever you wore Mm -hmm. uh and maybe you toss and turn um having you know having trouble yeah. Well, I don't know, do you, are you, do you have trouble sleeping after this, or do you, like, pour yourself a drink and, you know,
0: celebrate? Um, I think it's, I think I toss and turn, I think I am, hmm, yeah, nope, I already know how to, I already know how, like, I I can perfectly explain the loss and sympathy in the last scene, I got <laughs> it. Okay. So I'm tossing and turning, and then, um, so it seemed like, it, I'm tossing and turning as though I can't sleep, as though I am I am disturbed about everything. But then finally I land on my back and I'm looking up and I'm blank faced for a moment and I just start laughing. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I'm just like just uh-huh. laughing and that's when I go and I pour myself a drink mm-hmm. and I'm still just like laughing walking around my empty beautiful beautiful like uh lakeside house like sipping it. Mhm. Nice. Maybe I do like maybe I do like a real obnoxious like a like a spinny dance i put the drink down and i grab uh i grab one of the violins that isn't smashed and i start playing it real like recklessly mm-hmm. nice now oh, you little sociopath mm-hmm. uh
1: nice okay so we'll go from here into our finale uh so in the finale i both uh get to turn up a clue and commit a clue I'm going to go ahead and turn up a clue first to kind okay. of see what else, because <clears throat> that might drive how I f- want to frame the scene. All right. So, uh, we, we cut from the, uh, from you, you know, dancing around with this violin mm-hmm. and, um, uh, go to, it's the next day, um, mm-hmm. and we see you pulling up to the studio in your convertible, um... And uh, you, you go in um, and uh, there's, you know, like a secretary at the desk and like, oh, the, you know, Lieutenant Columbo is waiting for you in the recording studio. Uh, so you go in and he's, uh, and our detective is in the, like sitting in the studio, like sitting on, on the little stool mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. holding uh, a violin and we see him from behind, so we see his hand like holding the neck of the violin.
0: Um, I think, I think, uh, I see that, and the first thing I say is like, "Oh no, you're holding it wrong. You're gonna, you're gonna." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he turns around, like, "Oh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I just got carried away. I thought, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I thought I'd just pick it up. I have no musical skills, but, you know, you just make it look so
0: easy. I, uh, you know, it's years of practice."
1: So he's like, Mr Mr. Axel, I think I I don't know if you heard the heard the news, terrible news about uh, your engineer, Steve. Um, I don't know if they told you on the phone. He was he was found he was found dead last night.
0: Oh my god.
1: This whole vendetta against your family, it might even or 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 against this the studio. It seems like it's more about people involved with this recording session than, than anything else at this point. That's, that's incredible. That's incredible. That's horrible. Um, all right. And, uh, he says, and you know what the, you know what the funny thing is? What's well, that? the really funny thing is, is
0: I don't know if you know anything about strangulation. Uh, no, I know lots of things about playing the violin Nothing about strangulation. See,
1: that's funny because usually when someone goes to strangle someone, they're mad, they're in a fight and they use their hands. But in this uh, in this case in your father's murder he was strangled with a thin piece of wire like like a violin string maybe or it could be something else but I uh, gotta say that's um, just for the sake of example, uh, or guitar string maybe, uh, and that takes a lot of, I mean, that takes dedication, uh, using something like that, um, and then it, it turns out that Steve, uh, he wasn't shot, he wasn't hit with a car, he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, hit with a pipe, he was also strangled, strangled by a violin string, and I don't mean like something like a violin string, it was this violin string, and he pulls out of his pocket the clue that I turned up, which is a
0: violin string with blood on it. I, th- I think, um, I think you pull that out. I think uh, Roland walks over and sits in the chair or sits in the stool, mm-hmm. hand on his one hand on his knee, the other hand just kind of dangling. He, um, he actually reaches up and he takes the violin from the detective's hand and starts just, like, holding it as though he's going to play it. Mm-hmm. Just tapping it. Yeah.
1: It says, a violin string's an awfully strange, strange weapon. Uh, I don't know if you have any any thoughts on how, how that might have happened.
0: It's a beautiful instrument, detective. And I think he gets up, he gets up, and he starts, he pulls, he pulls up the, uh, he goes and hits a few switches on the engineering thing, and the recording from The Night of the Murder starts playing, but it starts playing at the start of the take, where it's like the actual music is playing, and he starts walking around, and he's, like, looking at the records, and he's just talking about, I first heard this violin music when i was seven i was seven years old it was the most beautiful thing i'd ever heard
1: is that when your father uh realized that you could that you had a talent for this
0: that's when we all realized it I, first time i touched an instrument it was it was like it was a part of my being it was like it was a, a missing limb that had been reattached it was, it was perfect it was harmony is that when your father realized
1: he could make a lot of money off of you for his recording studio
0: it was. It certainly was. You know, this was my first fa- my father's first gold record. Mm-hmm. Three of the fourteen were me. It's an
1: incredible achievement.
0: And nothing compared to the amount of money that he made. My house is very nice, detective. You're not wrong. But I should be living in a castle. It's hard. Uh, it's hard to feel like you're not being recognized for your talents all the greats in their time weren't but here's the thing though I w- they knew the people out there and we're getting to like the crescendo in the song
2: mm-hmm.
0: he, he gestures, the people out there they knew they knew what I could do they knew that I was a genius the only thing was there was this thing between me and what was mine what I deserved so yeah so it got in my head I'm older now. I'm I'm 16. I'm almost an adult. Mm-hmm. And so, what am I going to live as an indentured servant to my father for the rest of my life? I don't think so. So, and he puts down he puts down the violin on the stool and uh-huh. puts down the violin on the stool just when he m- misses the note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he stops and he's here, He's listening to the argument. And that's when he starts doing the dance that he was doing earlier. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, our detective
1: gets up and shakes his head and goes over and hits the tape deck so it stops playing. And he's like, uh, well, I'm gonna, you're gonna have to come with me now. I don't know how much, how much more music you're going to be able to make.
0: Every song has an ending. Every song, every orchestral masterpiece has a final measure. I suppose this is mine.
1: And, uh, yeah, and then maybe, and I think we just end there with, like, mm-hmm. the camera on you as you're kind of, you know, looking off into your, the limited avenues of your, uh, of your future.
0: Yep, yep, yep. yep. And so at, th- at that last scene, I'm going to drop my sympathy down to a three. Oh, you're going to drop it. Okay. So- What do you think? Do you think it's drop or erase? Well, I mean,
1: I can kind of see it going
0: either way, actually. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to go, I'm going to put it back up. That'll put me smart and desperate and put me squarely at a five. And I think that's, that feels, that that feels right to me.
1: Well, I, so I both revealed the clue about the bloody Mm -hmm. violin string and committed it as part of my finale. So I have three committed clues. So that would make you scared and desperate, Ah,
0: scared and desperate,
1: which I think makes sense. Yeah, given the uh, that context.
0: Yeah, so I think I'm. I think I am going
1: to bump it. If up you go down I, one, you'd be scared and detached.
0: No, I think I'm desperate. I think that's the right word for where I ended it. Because mm-hmm. I think I needed to get out of that situation by any means necessary.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and so you kind of, yeah, confessed. Essentially, and provided the last piece of the puzzle.
0: Yes, and that allowed me to up my up or increase or decrease my sympathy, which I'm going to increase it and be scared and desperate. Mm-hmm. And and that's game. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and uh, roll roll end credits. Yep, that game is super fun. I love nice. that game. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. Dang. Um, I was also prepared uh, for a classic. Um, You know, like uh, if you identified the violin string, it was actually going to be the one from your father that strangled your Mm. father, and not Steve. You know, I was like, "Yeah, I can bring this. We'll see how you roll with it. I can go either way." Um, But yeah, that felt
0: like the right moment to confess, though. That felt like,
1: no, that was good. I mean, also playing on how young the character was, I think that made it uh, made it a good a good place to end up. Yeah, Yeah, there we go. Absolutely, That's, that's the game. Cool.
0: Nathan, thank you so much for coming on Party of One.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'll throw out just one final little plug. Well sure, two. absolutely. One is that this game is available to download for free from my website, uh, from the playtest page. It is, uh, I think it's pretty uh, mechanically good. Uh, my main question at this point is whether people who are not steeped in Columbo can really approach it. So sure. if people want to try it out with maybe their non-Columbo uh, fan friends <laughs> and uh, report back, I'd love to get some information about that. But it is free to play uh, for now. And also, Excellent. if you love 70s television detectives, uh, I have a podcast uh, called 200 a Day, where I and my co-host Epadiah Ravishal, uh, who's another indie game designer, uh, go into deep dives on the Rockford Files... Which is another seminal seventies uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tel- television procedural um, with uh, the the wonderful James Garner as Jim Do- uh, <clears throat> as Jim Rockford, and we talk about episodes, kind of like a you know just a, like a fan cast, but then we also break down the narrative elements and the writing, and talk about how to use lessons from that show in your own games and
0: stories. So that may That's... be of interest
1: to the gamer- the gaming types out
0: there. That's super cool. That's cool as hell. So, uh, anything else? Any any other places people can reach you? Any, uh, where can people find your work? Uh, all my work is available
1: through ndpdesign.com, uh, my main website. I also am on Twitter at ndpaleetta. Um, 200 a day, uh, has, uh, is at 200 a fireside Um, I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash which funds. Stuff such as this, uh, I was able to work on this um, basically because of the contributions of people backing me on Patreon. So doing smaller um, experimental right. games is kind of the, uh, the the goal of that project. So yeah, That's you can awesome. find mm-hmm. me at all those places.
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks Bass me. And thanks again, Nathan, for coming on the show. I f- freaking love that game. It so, it perfectly captures everything that I love about primetime detective shows. It's really well done. It is a really well done game. For more information about one more thing, you can head to ndpdesign.com. It is available as a free play test. While there, you should check out Nathan's other games because point blank, he makes freaking amazing games and there's no other way to put that. You can check all that out at ndpdesign.com. Speaking of things to check out, Trouble for Hire, currently on Kickstarter, sounds amazing and I'd love to see it funded. You can click the link in the show notes for that as well. Finally, you can follow Nathan on Twitter at Endy Speaking of Twitter, you can follow this show at Party of One Pod, like the show on Facebook at facebook.com partyofonepodcast. If you love the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout out, or a word of mouth recommendation. All three of those things help the show reach new audiences and grow bigger, better, and cooler by the day. You can also consider backing us on Patreon at patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. Patreon is a powerful and tangible way to support the show. It helps cover hosting fees, equipment costs, con budgets, and more. And I really appreciate your support, so thank you. And if you want to hear more from me, check out All My Fantasy Children, the podcast in which Aaron Cantano and I take your listener prompts and turn them into beautiful, thriving, vibrant role-playing game children. That can be found at soundcloud.com slash allmyfantasychildren. Party of One is produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. Opening and closing credits for the show come from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran featuring the d Sluggers. Violin music for the show comes from the song Violin Partition Number no. 1, written by Johann Sebastian Bach, performed by John Garner. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates coming onto the show or you'd like to hear my latest Ribbon Drive mixtape, shoot me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. That's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. And party on.